go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your many blessings. Guide, lead, and direct in all things. We just pray to be done tonight. Give me the words to teach and preach. Help me to be a blessing. Help me to say those things you'd have said. Nothing more, nothing less. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. As I said, we're studying some subject areas first, and then we will um, soon go back and start the verse-by-verse study and do some subject areas in between. No? I am not on. Well, oh, I know. Batteries. If you're looking for me, I'm here. Huh? All right. I am still here. I think I got used to bending over like that because, uh, boy, with Judy and working on her, it's like I got to bend over because of her leg and I'm like, my my, uh, blood rushes to my head. I get faint. I did fall the other day, tripped over her cord and uh, landed on the floor pretty good, but... uh, I did go to the chiropractor, got it all fixed, went again today, but uh, good chiropractor up there, Platinum is the name, right up there where the urgent care is. He does a great job. Revelation 2.10, fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So there's a lot in that verse. As I said, we're just focusing on some subjects in the verse. We're focusing on fear none tonight. And the title of my message is Fear None, Fear Not. Um, If you look in the Bible and you consider fear, God does not give us the spirit of fear. God gives us, and we'll look at that. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and you'll see what God gives us. He doesn't give us the spirit of fear. Now, you should fear the Lord in the right way. It doesn't mean you have to walk around thinking he's going to get you. In fact, I teach all the time that isn't his uh, modus operandi. He's looking for a way to bless you. And if you'll just open up yourself to his will, he'll bless you in ways that you could never imagine. But God is not the author of fear. The Bible repeats the, the phrase, fear not, 63 times. Understanding our relationship, which we'll see in Timothy 1.7, with our Heavenly Father, reveals that He is not the initiator of a believer's fears. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That just reminded me, I've got to tell Judy I'm on in case she doesn't know. Okay, you're good. Way to go, Anita. Maybe I need to put that on you. you. Just let her know when we start each time. I think she'll be here Sunday, though. Um, turn to Romans chapter 8, if you would. Romans chapter 8. And um, look at what else he says there. He says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So you see, God will never leave you and never forsake you. You have eternal life if you're saved, eternal security. You are a child of God if you're a believer. And for that reason, we've got nothing to fear. I don't fear death. Now, one day I may, 
when faced with it in, in a um, different type of capacity. Um, but right now, you know, in my present state of mind, I have no fear. I don't fear man. I don't fear death. I don't fear the future. I know that God is in control. I know prayer changes things. I know that uh, I want His will done in my life and whatever He allows to come into my life, um, if I'm living for Him, um, it's all for my good because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So what do I have to fear? Nothing. Fear not. Fear none. We don't need to fear. What we've got to do, and, and listen, if you're fretful in life, and I know people are, um, if you worry a lot, you know, join the crowd. I used to worry all the time. I used to worry and I'd lay in bed and I told you I'd toss and turn for, for hours rethinking the day, rethinking what I might have said to somebody that may have offended them. Um, and, and I went through this whole process um, almost every night. And then finally I realized I needed to stop. Uh, because you really need to look at your motives. I mean, if your motives are right, then you just got to leave things up to God. You can't fix everything anyway. I used to try to go back and I'd say something to somebody. I'd try to go fix it every single time. And boy, it just gets to where, you know, people are telling you, well, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. You know, and then what do you do? I mean, you're like, you got to know. You got to know because I've been worrying about it. You know, why hadn't you been holding the grudge? You know, why aren't you upset about it? Well, you find out that, you know, people are a lot more gracious than you give them credit for. Uh, people don't, uh, what, what you, you're thinking all the time doesn't even cross their mind sometimes. Fear not. He said, you know, God's not giving us the spirit of fear. Then why do we fear so much? And I believe the world is set up to make you fear. If you've watched the news... They have to create um, a reason for you to come back. And these puff stories uh, don't really do that. It's got to be about what's the next virus. You know, what's the next, um, you know, what's the next thing on the horizon that's going to destroy all the humanity? You remember they were talking about food shortages, right? Anybody know how long ago they talked about that? Would you say eight months ago? You know, is it coming? I, you know, I believe it will. But I mean, you know, it's, it's just constant, you know, you got to worry about your food supply and you, you know, you got, and you, and, and you don't have to worry about it. You just got to prepare a little bit. I told you in my philosophy is, listen, buy some food for the future because prices are going to go up. So the more you buy now, the less it'll cost you now. And in the future, it's going to cost you more. So you don't have to be a prepper. You still can trust God. I'm not saying don't trust God, but God wants you to have a brain. He wants you to think. He wants you to uh, trust Him, but He wants you to do it in such a way that, that He uh, gives you the guidance. And that's what we need to understand. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Um, in, in this context of fear, um, the right type of love casts out Fear. 1 Timothy 4.18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Boy, there's a lot of, lot of truths about fear in that one verse. But the right type of love casts out fear. A husband ought not fear his wife. I mean, within a certain capacity. You'd have thought I'd have said, well, the, the wife shouldn't fear her husband. And that too. I mean, if you control your relationship through fear, it's not the right type of love. It's not a godly love. It's not a perfect love. Perfect love casteth out fear. So we need to learn how to love the right way. Love our spouse the right way. We need to learn how to love our children the right way. Now, children should fear you like they fear the Lord when they do wrong. Fearing is, it isn't like, well, you know, I'm not going to fear anything. And you, you just go out there and you just live like the devil. And you go, well, I'm not going to fear the consequences. Well, you better... You know, grieve not the Spirit of God whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. You can grieve Him, you can quench Him, and you can reap what you sow. So if you're out there living like the devil, you should fear. But in the perfect will of God, you should not fear. Shouldn't fear anything. Shouldn't fear the future. Shouldn't fear the present. You shouldn't fear your past. And there's a lot of people that do. You just look at what you've done in your past. You go, oh, God will never love me. God will never forgive me. God already has forgiven you. God loves you. He died for his enemies. And what were you? You were an enemy he died for. What are you now? Well, if you're adopted into the family of God, you are a child of God. If you are born again, you are born into the family of God. I mean, those are precious truths. Look at... um, Chapter 12, you know, Abram was the first one to be told, fear not, in Genesis 15, 1. And then it was followed by Isaac in Genesis 26, 24. Fear not. Fear not. I told you, um, fear not's in the Bible 63 times. The first time is with Abram. And then it just goes throughout the Bible. It just interweaves itself like that. And when you look at it, We should not be a fearful people. You shouldn't fear for the future. Um, You say, well, I'm, you know, I I don't have enough retirement. You can't have enough retirement. You can't. So I got Social Security. You got nothing. If they say you've got nothing. Well, I got the Constitution. You've got nothing. I'm a constitutionalist. But guess what? It's a piece of paper. And if people decide that it means nothing, guess what? It means nothing. If the government comes in and says, we don't care about the First Amendment, we don't care about the Second Amendment, we're going to try to take your guns, we're going to shut your church down, guess what? Constitution, the Bill of Rights, means nothing. You say, well, I can go get a lawyer. Only if they let you get a lawyer. You know, the Patriot Act, I mean, that was something that they passed, and they said, you know, we've got to do it for the, you know, because we let people, you know, fly into our Twin Towers. You know, and you, you say, well, let them? Probably so. I mean, my Lord, you know, the, you ever hear of Snowden, how much information they've got on, on Americans, let alone, I mean, they know everything going on. You're walking around with a GPS in your pocket all the time. They can track you anytime. Now, I know that's now. That wasn't 2001. I'm just telling you, listen, you don't need to fear the government either. So, oh, yeah, you do, because you just told us a lot of bad things about them. They've always been bad. Government in, in the hands of people that are corrupt will hurt other people. 
What do you do? Live for God. Focus on God. Focus on Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you don't have a gun. It doesn't mean you don't um, take care of your family and think toward the future and do those certain things. But listen, they may one day say all your money is worthless. <clears throat> they may say there's no Social Security anymore. We don't have the money to fund it. Because we're only $31 trillion in debt. So what do you do? Well, if you trust God now and everything just goes to pot, you will have a habit of trusting God and you'll be able to continue trusting God. My faith is not in Washington, D.C. or Tallahassee or in the city council or the county commission. My faith, my trust is in Jesus Christ. If you keep it that way and you stay that way, it doesn't matter what they do. And by the way, you know, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm looking on the future and saying, hey, I don't know what the future holds for believers, but it looks bright if you're looking at Jesus. It looks pretty dark if you look at the world. They already shut all the churches down once. Number two, the, so the right type of love casts out fear. Number two, believers have no cause to fear for the future because our inheritance is sure. Now that's whether it's Israel under the Old Testament, or the church, or Israel in the future, okay? Luke 12, verse 32, he says, Fear not, Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, we're not kingdom people. There is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But we are promised an inheritance. If you... And your promised rewards. If you live for the Lord, you build upon that foundation of Jesus Christ, gold, silver, precious stones, you'll receive a reward. If you live for self, wrong motive, wood, hay, and stubble, it'll all burn up. But you'll be saved. That's what the Bible says. I show people that and I, I do this thing and I, I build this foundation like concrete. I go, that's Jesus Christ. And then I go, and you build upon it. And you build wood, hay, and stubble. And then you go over here and you build gold, silver, precious stones. Tried by fire, that one burn up, but what's left? That foundation, which is Jesus Christ. So what do you got to look forward to? Knowing your foundation is sure. Look at the third one found in John chapter 12. We're looking up fear not in these, the, this next passage also. Believers have no cause to fear the government because one day Christ will rule and reign. King Jesus came. He's coming again with a guaranteed kingdom. John 12 verse 15. <clears throat> fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, the king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. Now, he was coming as the Lamb of God at that time, but he was also the future king. He was sitting on an ass's colt to fulfill Scripture, fulfill prophecy. But he says, fear not, fear not. How come you are told time and time again not to fear? Because our natural propensity is to fear. Our natural propensity is to fear, um, how are you going to die? How are you going to live if you don't die and you make it to old age? What's old age going to be like? Some of us are looking at it, right? Just staring us right in the face. 
don't fear. Don't fear. I don't want to suffer. I want to go fast. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm a wimp. I do. I want to go fast. You know, Judy had knee replacement. I'm thinking, man, what, you know, they got knees and hips and shoulders and elbows. And, you know, by the time you get done, you're the, you're the $6 million man or the bionic woman. I remember I got to make sure we keep those two separate. Oh, you heard the uh, woman of the year. Well, who is that now? Who's doing that? Uh, her, she. The woman of the year is a trans woman. They could not, and you know what it is? It is, it is degrading to women that men are better than women in everything, including being a woman. <laughs> you think about it. That's what they've said. If, if the woman of the year is really, well, I don't guess he's really a man because they say he's not, but he is. The best woman in the world's a man. A woman can't even be a woman and win. What a shame. Hershey, or uh, I forget who it was. Was it Hershey that did that? The, the, the woman of the year? You know, and, and you know what I'm going to do? If I can help it. I am never going to touch another Hershey's. You say, well, what are you saying? Boycott? I'm saying do whatever you want to do. I don't boycott. But I'll tell you this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick. I'm sick of what they are telling women and how we've got Title IX in the schools and they're saying, oh, well, let the, let the boys, excuse me, they're women. No, they're not. Let the boys play women's sports. That's not fair. The reason we have Title IX in schools was to make it so that women's sports were as important as men's sports because men's sports generally outshine the women's sports. And now they're saying that a man can play in it and win. He's a loser amongst men. A loser. And let me tell you, when he plays for the women's sports, he's a double loser even if he wins first place. It's wicked. It's wrong. And you know what the women need to do? They need to stand up for, you know, and I want to encourage this, although I don't always encourage women to stand up and go, you know, go ahead and let your voices be heard. If we start seeing it come around, pick up your phone and talk to somebody besides somebody can't do anything. Talk to your legislature. Talk to, you know, the governor's on track with us. Glory, hallelujah, but not everybody's got that other than the free state of Florida right now. But um, let your voice be heard. It's wrong. Don't fear. Don't fear, though. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. The fourth thing. Believers have no cause to fear man because God enables and empowers believers. I like this one, Jeremiah 1.8. One of the things is when you're standing up here, if you look at faces, sometimes you can't read them. You don't get a lot of response back. And if you look at faces, you're like, boy, they don't like the message. They don't like me. You know, that, but he says in Jeremiah 1.8, he says, be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. You know what the devil will do? The devil will get in the mind of a preacher. Now, not so much. I've been preaching 40 plus years, so it's not so much now. Because I really don't care. 
I really don't. Because what I do is I prepare, I pray, and then I try to get out of the way. Well, let's say somebody doesn't... And listen, I don't always get out of the way. I say things I shouldn't say. Not as much as I did a lot of years ago. You can say one sentence and totally blow up a church. You can say one sentence and destroy a life as a, from the pulpit. What a shame to have an attitude of, I don't care about that. I do care about that. But I will tell you this, I try very hard not to abuse my position in the pulpit. I try very hard to make sure that I stay out of the way. So here's what he says, be not afraid of their faces. Don't fear. You know, you got these people, I, I, there's this one guy I know, he, he stares you down. He's like, you know, no, not like that. He's like, one day he was in a meeting. I saw him back there, and, and uh, there were people talking that were behind him. So I just zoomed in on those people, and he was about right there. And I just zoomed right, and I could tell he was like, and finally he looked away, and then I looked down at him. It was fun. It was fun. But what's he trying to do? Intimidate with his face. You know what God said to me a long time ago? A long time ago, be not afraid of their faces. So what do you got to fear? Nothing. Nothing. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. Boy, I like this one. Fifth one. Believers have no cause to fear death. I've already talked about it. I want to go into the verse. Because Christ has delivered believers by destroying the devil. You know the devil's already destroyed. He's still powerful. He still influences. But you know where the devil spends most of his time? Up in heaven in the throne room of God as the accuser of the brethren. He would rather do that than anything else. But one day, three and a half years into Daniel's 70th week, he's going to be cast out of heaven onto earth. And the Bible says, woe be the inhabitants of the earth because he knows he has but a short time. The devil knows he has a short time. The devil knows his fate. He doesn't accept his fate, maybe. But guess what? You don't have any reason to fear the devil of sorts. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What does God say? Our, our verse this year, our, our, our model verse, says, draw nigh unto me and I will draw nigh unto you. You know what you do if you, if you have a point in time where you get fearful? Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Boy, that's a tremendous truth. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, look at this. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He became flesh and blood. That through death, watch this, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Do you realize the devil had the power of death until Jesus Christ died on that cross? He no longer has the power of death. I've told you several times, several stories, several, 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 where I should have died. My wife and I should have died. We've caught fire three times. The second one, we were completely engulfed in smoke, pulling a 30-foot travel trailer. That car could have blown. I was on a bus that flipped over with 50 preachers on it. I got hit by a train. You know, and I can go, I, we had the two tractor trailers that jackknifed in front of us, and that's just a few of them. Those are the ones that are really most uh, 
emphatic. But guess who's got the power of death? Jesus Christ. Why didn't we die? I think because God still had a plan for us. I've always said I'm on borrowed time. Some of you wonder, why do you work so hard? Because when you're on borrowed time, you go ahead and make up for the time I lost. I lost three years of my life from 1981 to 1984. I didn't serve the Lord. You say, oh, you think you're going to make up for it? No, I just feel like I want to do what I want to do, meaning I want to serve the Lord till the day that I die. I want to be busy doing that. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you fear death, you are subject to bondage. Now, let me stop. If you do fear death, you're normal. Come on. If you came up to me and you told me after the service, you said, you know, I was, I was listening to you and I, I just got to be honest with you. I, I fear dying. You know what I would say to you? I would say to you, well, you know what? You are smart. Because death isn't fun. Death is the unknown as far as how we think about it. Now, you know... If you're saved, now look, if if you're saved, you know what the Bible says. To be absent from the body, present with the Lord. So I'm just telling you, and I I could tell you that, and I could could preach a whole other sermon to you, but you know what I would do? I would just show you, look, I, I love you and I care for you. And I understand and I'll pray for you. Because that's all I can do. I give you the scripture here and I give you a verse that says, hey, fear of death is bondage. You're not under bondage anymore. So stop doing that. No, I didn't what I'm going to do. I'm going to be understanding. Because we are humans first. In our minds, and our capacity. We have the propensity to worry as much as the world does. Now we shouldn't. And I can tell you, you shouldn't. And you can look at me and say, I know I shouldn't. And then you can just continue doing what you're doing and worry, 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 because that's the way you've always lived. You don't have to live like that. I am a perfect example of that. I used to worry all the time. I literally, right now, don't worry a whole... I'll have a day, something will come up and I'll go... And then I'll go, you know, I'll worry about it. But the next day when I wake up, as you get older, this really helps. Can't remember what you're supposed to be worrying about. I get up the next day and, 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 and it's gone. Maybe it's part of what my philosophy is. I go to sleep praying. I wake up generally praying. Well, if you do that, your day starts out right. Your day ends right. And the stuff in between is the only part of the problem. That's the longest part, of for, unfortunately. But you don't have to worry. But if you do, I'm not going to condemn you. Because all you're doing is being human. I'm asking you, listen to the Bible. Let it affect you. That's what preaching's all about. Let it change you. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. The sixth thing, believers should not fear because Christ was resurrected and we have that same promise. 
Matthew 28, 5, the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for He is risen. As He said, come see the place where the Lord lay. You see, the resurrection, because we understand Christ was resurrection, we, we shouldn't fear. Remember Revelation 2.10, which is what we're looking at. He says, fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Fear none of these things. And if you read through Revelation chapter 2 and you see the things that are coming upon that church, you say, boy, I, I can't imagine not fearing it. But he tells you there and then he tells you time and time and time again, don't fear, don't fear, fear not. So you do, if you listen to God and you obey God, and you draw nigh unto Him, He draws nigh unto you, He will help you overcome your fears. Matthew 28, verse 5, Fear not ye, He says. Fear not ye. Now, now look, they may have, if you think about it, they're fearing that the body had been stolen. So it's more to it than that. But I want you to understand, because of the resurrection, you have no fear. Two more passages. Philippians chapter 1. Here's the application for tonight. God uses fear and suffering to encourage and not to discourage other believers. We're going to read about the Apostle Paul and what happened to him and what the result was for other people. The Philippian believers witnessed the suffering of the Apostle Paul and chose to speak boldly and not with fear. Philippians 1.14 Look at what Paul writes. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Much more bold to speak the word without fear. Why? Because they saw what Paul went through. They saw that he was in bonds and yet he was... And this is Philippians. Remember, this is the Philippian jailer, Acts chapter 16. They sang praises in the jail and the Philippian jailer and others were saved. Boy, you start living like that and people are looking at you. You know what we ought to be able to do? We ought to be able to live in such a way that people look at us and they're encouraged by the life they see. Not discouraged. But you know what it takes to do that? It takes consistency. It takes dedication. It takes looking at things and saying, you know what's the most important thing is, is how I portray Christ in me. And listen, I know people that have, that have had heart attacks and they rebuke themselves and they were just so upset with themselves that they think they'd failed God. And you've got to be careful of that. You've got to be careful that you don't get to a point in your life where you do something and you say, God can't ever use me again. That's the devil. Now you can make such a mess of it that it takes a long time to dig out of the hole you dug. But you know what you do? And I don't know where this came from, but you, know, you start digging on the side of the hole. What, ha what, what happens with the dirt? What happens when you stand on top of that pile? You dig some more and you keep, you keep knocking down the sides. You keep stepping up, stepping up, stepping up, and finally you're out of the hole. It may take a while, but you don't quit. You don't give up. 
You don't say, well, you know what? God's finished with me. If God's finished with you, He'll let you know. And there's a verse in the Bible that J. Frank Norris said was the most feared verse. When I had preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. There are certain things that can be done that would disqualify me for the ministry. I pray that that never happens. But there are things like that which would mean that I would not be able to do my calling anymore. It's a fearful thing. Isaiah 41, and with this we're going to close. God promises He'll never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. There's nothing to fear because He is with us. He will strengthen us, help us, and uphold us. That's what the verses are going to be when we look at them. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Right there. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. They, they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as the thing of naught. For I, the Lord, thy God, will hold thy right hand. Can you imagine God just holding your right hand? Leading you through life. I like that. Saying unto thee, fear not. I will help thee. 14. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You get it? Fear not. Fear not. Fear none and fear not. Don't fear anybody. Now somebody walks through that door with a gun, points a gun at your head. It's natural to fear. I, I, I tell you, I, just, I look at life and I think, I know a guy that tried to commit suicide and the bullet bounced off his skull. It's amazing. We were looking, we were trying to check on him, and he he was building a house, and his brother came down, moved down, helped him build the house, and he was his brother's crossing the street. He was out of the will of God in doing it because he just got completely out of church. He started building that house. His brother walked across the road one day and got hit by a car and killed. He blamed himself. He blamed himself, and he started drinking. And drugs. I was president of the mission. He was a good friend of mine. Preacher. Got him in the mission. He wouldn't stay. He'd leave the property. So we lost track of him. And, we're, and Gary and I, Gary was one of my assistants up there. And I said, uh, you know, we got to find him. So we went over his house. And the door was open. We pushed it open. Walked in. Saw him laying on the, ble- on the bed. And pool of blood right there where his head was. We thought, good night. And then found out that the bullet had bounced off his skull. Didn't even 
I don't even know if it left a dent or gave him, I, it probably gave him a concussion. I don't know. I had Gary take him to the hospital and treat and take care of everything. But listen, don't quit on God. That's what he did. Don't think God's finished with you. God can use every person in this church or that can hear my words later on or maybe online. God can use you. God wants to use you. And you got nothing to fear. Draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto you. Don't forget that. But it takes you drawing nigh. You have to take the step. You have to decide, I want God to be close to me. He doesn't make you come to him. And he doesn't come to you unless you draw nigh unto him. Let's all stand together. let's pray. Lord, you thank you for your many blessings. Just pray, Lord, that you'd have your will and your way in our lives. Lord, help us to live for thee. Help us to truly want to do what you would have us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. With your head bowed and eyes closed. You just get alone with God as the music plays. You ask him to help you if you have a problem with fear problem with worry, 